Hello, and welcome back to Grateful Gwenna. This is part two of Stand Up. Part one was nine steps from me, your hostess, Gwenna, on what to do if you find yourself in an abusive relationship or discover, realize, or admit you or a loved one is in an abusive relationship. And to review briefly, um, please listen to that podcast episode, but um, I recommended and suggested that you pray, listen, study, obey, safety, backpack, call, children, and safety. Those were the main points. So here in part two, and thank you for coming back, part two, we're going to talk about a bunch of scriptures um, that can hopefully start help you, start helping you to stand up to abuse. God does not want you to be abused, beloved friend. He does not. You do not deserve that. God loves you. He delights in you and he wants the best for you. So grab your notebook, grab your favorite drink, grab a chair or a pillow, have a seat, relax or lie down, however you want to do that, and start taking notes um, because this is what God gave me for you. We have a bunch of scriptures on this part two, and then part three will be an amazing episode based on an article written by a lady who has a lot of experience on what the Bible says about destructive and abusive relationships. So here we go. These are scriptures God gave me to give you, okay? So the first one is Matthew six thirty three. seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and you can um, go read these exact scriptures in the translation you prefer later, okay? Um, but I'm just kind of summarizing um, and, and sort of maybe interpreting a little bit, in my opinion. Remember, the Bible is living and active. And um, sometimes people complain about taking scriptures out of context. And while it is important to understand what's surrounding those scriptures, the Bible is also the living word of God. And if God can use a stone to speak and God can use a donkey to speak, God can most certainly and surely use scripture to speak, even if it might be taken out of context. That's my opinion, but I strongly believe in it. Um, and so God gave me these scriptures for you. So here goes. Again, Matthew six thirty three talks about seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. If we have accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, like it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, basically, that if we can, if we, if we can, let's see, if we believe in our hearts, Jesus is Lord, and confess with our mouth that God raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. That's literally all you have to do to be a Christian. And, you know, a lot of people in our society today, unfortunately, use the term Christian very generically. They think it means good person. I got news for you. There's no such thing as a good person, according to the Bible, because we're all born with original sin, which is another topic for another time for later. But um, so literally all we have to do is what I just read from you in Romans chapter 10, verse nine. So there's another scripture for you. Look that up, please. Pray on it. Pray about it. Don't take my word for it. Pray and ask God what he thinks. Read it for yourself. So if we're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, like it says in Matthew 6, 33, if we've accept Jesus into our heart 
and we are talking with God daily. We're talking with Jesus daily, who, by the way, calls us his friend, as I said in part one of my podcast episode on stand up. Um, and we're talking about standing up to abuse today. Um, then, you know, that's our first step that we need to do is to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ and have a conversation with him, just like I talked in part one. I talked about it in part one. Have a conversation with God about, or with Jesus, they're one and the same. Uh, uh, hmm. Some people don't believe Jesus is God, but the Bible's very clear, and that is another topic for another day as well. But one indication is in Genesis, where it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word is capitalized with a W, with, which refers to Jesus. Jesus. So Jesus is God. But anyway, that's just one of the references for that, um, because that's not the topic today. The topic is standing up to abuse. So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Um, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you will be saved, Romans 10, 9. And seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, um, the Bible also said says God is a jealous God. And we should make God, our Jesus, our first thought of the day, in my opinion, and our last thought before we go to sleep at night. We should do our best and try to do that. It's not like a legalistic thing that we have to do, but I'm just trying to express the idea to you. And, and if it doesn't happen, it, it's not like horrible and it's not a sin, okay? But I'm trying to express to you the idea that our heart and our thoughts and our motives should be all about trying to please God. Not striving, but loving him and being in relationship with him. He accepts us and loves us unconditionally. So the next scripture I have for you is Matthew 10, 16. And this is, normally I use NIV, but for some reason the Lord had me use King James version of this verse. God says, and again, this is standing up to abuse topic. Behold, I send you forth, this was Jesus, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So we definitely need to be wise. I talked in part one about developing, creating, developing a safety plan and following it and, and having a backpack in a safe place where you can get to it in case you need to suddenly escape from your abuser. That is part of being wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Um, unfortunately, most abusers are extremely controlling, and I don't want you to have to suffer more abuse at the hands of your abuser because he finds out that you're planning to escape his abuse because that's going to freak him out because he's going to feel like he's not in control because he's not. God is ultimately ultimately in control, and that's what they don't understand when they're abusing you. But um, we still need to be wise, and you still need to be wise in how you approach this. So Matthew 10, 16, Behold, I send you forth as sheep as in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as a dove. Um, God also reminded me of when my sons were little, they're basically 28 and 26 now. But when they were little, um, we used to watch Veggie Tales. And there was a song, I believe it was called Stand Up. Stand Up, Stand Up. I'm not very good at singing, but 
Stand up, stand up for what you believe in, believe in. He's going to back you up. So basically the song is about the fact that God is going to back you up when you stand up for what you believe in. And I thought, you know, VeggieTales is based on the Bible. Where the heck in the Bible does it say God's going to back you up for what you believe in? And then God just started flooding me with all these verses for you. So here you go. You got your pen ready? 1 Corinthians 16, 13. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. And Galatians 5, 1. Galatians 5, 1. Both talk about standing firm. You know, a lot of these scriptures are talking about standing firm in our faith in Jesus Christ. But it also applies to an abusive situation because you have to stand firm in your faith in Christ to be able to escape this abusive situation. And a little Shakespearean aside again, um, Patrick Weaver Ministries on Facebook, he talks about when people ask you, why didn't you leave your abuser? It's not about leaving, beloved, he says. It's about escaping. Escaping your Egypt to safety, basically, is what I'm saying. It's not about leaving. It's about escaping, okay? So you need to stand firm in your faith in Jesus Christ and be strong and courageous, which is our next couple of verses. Be strong and courageous as you attempt to escape your abuser and to escape your abusive situation, which I refer to as our own personal Egypt, Egypt or our own personal Egyptian bondage or our own personal oppression, Okay, because that's what it is. It's bondage and oppression. And abuse is not from God. It is from the devil. And understand that, in my opinion, based on what the Bible says, which says that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of this dark world, we're not necessarily fighting against our abuser. We are fighting against the spiritual realm. And so we need to stand firm and then be strong and courageous, Deuteronomy 3.16 and Ephesians 6.10. Be strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord. And Deuteronomy 3.16, be strong and courageous because God is with you and he will not leave you or forsake you. God is with you, beloved. He loves you. He's going to back you up like the VeggieTales song says. The next scripture God gave me for you is Ephesians 6.16. 6, um, as a Christ follower, you have the armor of God. All you have to do is use it. And one of those pieces of the armor of God is your shield of faith, with which you are able to extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. That's directly from Ephesians 6.16. 6, so wield your shield of faith, friends. Extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. Believe in God and his ability to deliver you from the hands of the evil and in your abuser. The next scripture is 1 Peter 3.15. Be prepared to make a defense. Now, I believe this scripture is specifically referring to believe, be prepared to make a defense as a believer for why you believe to someone who's questioning your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the same principle applies here. Be prepared, um, not just to make a defense. And, and don't argue with your abuser. It doesn't do any good because they don't care what you think. They don't, 
I mean, if they cared what you think, they wouldn't be abusing you in the first place, right? But be prepared to leave. I know I'm taking that way out of context, but please bear with me. Just be prepared, okay? And I would say, personally, be prepared for whatever happens and trust God to help you through that. Again, be strong and courageous. Next is 1 Peter 1, 7. Um, you're going to show your genuine faith, faith in God, faith in Jesus Christ, that he can and will save you. All you have to do is ask him. He promises to give us anything we ask, and I believe it's according to his will, as long as we believe. And multiple times Jesus said, you of little faith, ye of little faith, believe. If you just believe, you can move a mountain. He is the God of the impossible. And if you have faith and do not doubt, God says you can move a mountain. That's from Matthew 21, 21, Matthew 21, 21. And next scripture, and some of these I'm quoting to you out of order as the Holy Spirit leads me. So if I repeat them, I apologize. So 1 Peter 1, 7 was genuine faith. Matthew 21, 21 was he is God of the impossible. If you have faith and do not doubt, you can move a mountain. I kind of paraphrase that scripture. The next two scriptures are 1 Timothy 6, 12, 1 Timothy 6, 12, and 2 Timothy 4, 7. So 1 Timothy 6, 12 and 2 Timothy 4, 7, fight the good fight of the faith. I hate it when people say don't argue. (laughs) Arguing is not fun. I hate arguing. But you know what? Scripture commands us to fight the good fight of the faith. We are supposed to fight for our faith, brothers and sisters in Christ. Fight for our faith. Fight the good fight of the faith. Um, I'm going to tell you something. It, it's not your fault, beloved. But if you are, quote unquote, allowing your abuser to abuse you, then you're not fighting the good fight of the faith because you're not helping him. You're not helping him to get better. You're helping him to get worse. And it took a lot of years for me to see that. Because I thought I was helping him by being patient with him and kind and loving and forgiving no matter how he treated me. But the problem is you're human and you're eventually going to explode. So fight the good fight of the faith and know Jesus is with you. As long as you stay in constant communion with him, communion with him, which basically means talking to him, etc. Make him Jesus is your best friend. Let him be your best friend. The next scripture is 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9, which say, resist the devil. And in several places, it talks about fleeing from the devil, fleeing temptation, etc. But 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9, resist the devil. You know that the devil and his demons and minions are working against you through your abuser. You know that, right, beloved? Again, we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against the powers and principalities of this dark world. I apologize for the alarm. I forgot to turn my alarm sounds off, but it's actually the notification that part one of this stand-up podcast was just posted. So that's pretty cool. So I just turned the, the, the ringer off. So hopefully you won't hear that again. But resist the devil because the devil is using your abuser to hurt you to attack you. Remember, the devil is the father of lies. So whatever he says about you, to you, that's negative is not of God. It's of the devil. 
resist the devil. Whatever he does to you that's not of God is of the devil. Resist the devil. Next scripture, Colossians 1, 23. Be stable and steadfast. It's again, Colossians 1, 23. Be stable and steadfast. Um, steadfast means red, resolutely or dutifully firm and unwavering. So, um, basically you just don't give up. That's basically what that's saying. Um, you remain steadfast and loyal and faithful to Jesus, to God. Next, and this is extremely important, especially in an abusive relationship and to not take it the wrong way. Second Corinthians 5, 7 talks about how we should walk by faith, not by sight. This is not saying, beloved and sisters, that we need to stay in an abusive relationship at all. That's not what that's saying at all. Think of doubting Thomas. When Jesus was resurrected, Thomas didn't believe that it was him at first. And I think he said something like, let me touch you, Lord. And Thomas had to literally put his hand in Jesus' uh, sword wound on his side for Thomas to believe. And then Jesus finally believed. And Jesus says, you believed because you saw and touched. But blessed are those who don't get to see and they still believe. Walk by faith, not by sight. The scriptures also say um, something to the effect of, um, oh, what do they say? I was thinking of a child, but that's talking about have faith, have the faith of a child, um, a childlike faith. But no, that's not it. It's about sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. Lord, remind me of it if you want me to say it, please. Walk by faith, not by sight. Okay, he'll remind me of it as, if it's important. Maybe you've thought of it now. Maybe Holy Spirit, bring it to their minds since it's not coming to me right now. Um, but you can't just believe the things you see. Faith is a lot about believing in the things that are unseen. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 5, 7, walk by faith, not by sight. Just a few more here, and then we'll start episode uh, part three. 1 John 5, 4. Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. One of my favorite singers is Mandisa, and she has this beautiful song, couple of them, but this beautiful song called Overcomer. If you have never watched or listened to it or watched the video, please do so right now. As soon as you finish these three um, podcast episodes on stand-up, part one, part two, and part three. Um, Everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. First John 5, 4. And then we talked about Ephesians uh, 6.10 and Deuteronomy 3.16 talking about being strong and courageous and be strong in the Lord. If you're in communion with the Lord daily, you're talking with the Lord daily, you're praying, you're listening to the Lord daily, daily you're reading his word daily, then you're going to be strong in the Lord because you're feeding your soul. You're feeding your spiritual mind. Just like when you feed your body, you're going to be stronger. You know, you're going to have more energy. We also talked about briefly Matthew 21, 21, he's the God of the impossible and about how if we have faith and do not doubt, we can move a mountain. And finally, beloved, last scripture for this podcast episode is Romans 8, 37. We are more than conquerors through Christ. Romans 8, 37, we are more than conquerors through Christ. We can beat this. We can be freed from this. We, God does not want us to be abused and we can stand up to abuse and we can leave abuse. Um, 
you know, being a Christian doesn't give someone a license to abuse you. Being kind doesn't give someone a license to mistreat you. Forgiving and being nice doesn't give someone a license to say or do horrible things to you or even not so nice things to you. Okay, you can forgive them, but you don't have to tolerate it and you shouldn't tolerate it. So those are the scriptures that God gave me for you. Please come back in just a second for part three. The title of the article for part three is What Does the Bible Say About Destructive and Abusive Relationships? It's an article from 2018 written by Cindy Wright, who I believe is quoting Leslie Vernick, who is an expert in her field. I'll see you in a few minutes, beloved. Thank you. God bless you. See you shortly.